You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. We, we don't bring lots of guests up here, uh, and so we don't even look at Dobie Weasel, who's preaching today as a guest. We see him as family. And uh, Dobie, uh, I've had a relationship with him now for several years. He's preached now, uh, f- well, our Encounter Conference and once before that. And now he's back. And I told Dobie, when you're in Alaska, let us know. We'd love to have you. And so Dobie's, he's on our preaching team now, right? Are you guys okay with that? If you're not, keep, the, keep it to yourself because we can agree to disagree on stuff, right? We're going to talk about that during marriage series coming up. Um, but uh, would you give it up for my friend Dobie Weasel from Nebraska? He's going to come preach the Word of God. Good friend and a great preacher. You're going to love it. And well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? I tell you what, man, if, if, if you're married or uh, are planning on getting married or would like to get married, uh, I, I would, I mean, I'm inviting people to, to your marriage, to, to your marriage gathering. Uh, but uh, I mean, there, there's nothing like getting together with people that have been there and with people that are in the situation, right? Uh, I, was, uh, I was just reminded as I was listening to the, to, to the, uh, to the announcement, my son, uh, my son John is, uh, is, is my pastor, actually, and, uh, and he, has two, uh, he, has, he has two sons, uh, which are like 12 month, uh, 13 months apart, uh, Isaiah and Jace. And uh, so Jace was about 10, and I think Isaiah was 9 at the time, and they were driving down the road, and he had to have the talk, right? How many parents are here, and you understand, sometimes we just need to have the talk. And so, and so he started talking to them about the birds and the bees and, and all of that stuff, and so he's talking to them, explaining. And so, uh, so he gets done with the talk, and then he says, he says, uh, do you boys have any questions? And... Isaiah, the youngest one, he is funny, and, and you just never know what's going to come out of his mouth. And so, so, you boys have any questions? And Isaiah thinks, and he says, Dad, does mom know about this? <laughs> and so, it's just stuff like that. I mean, right? We all, we all, we all, we all live life, man. Well, uh, I just want to say it's good to be back here, good to be with you, good to be with your pastors. Uh, how many of you love your pastors? Amen? Great. <laughs> Great man and woman of God and great staff. And I just want to encourage you. Um, the, your pastor is God's gift to you. And so uh, I love to receive gifts. And, uh, and, and, and there's, there's a couple of things. Uh, if, if, you, if you receive them, you take good care of them, uh, God's going God's to continue to bless you. So, so understand they're God's gift to you. And, and that the, the offering, the, the pastor's appreciation, it's just a time for us to let them know, hey, you're doing a good job. We love you. Hopefully, we're, we're praying for them year-round. Amen? Hallelujah. I want to I recognize uh, Pastor Sally Lavelle that's with us uh, from Golden Heart today. God bless you. Good to have you with us. Can we welcome her? And, uh, and she's got some of her team with her. It's just uh, great to have uh, one of the things that, that I have the privilege of doing when I come to, uh, when I come to Fairbanks is, is work with YWAM and work with Golden Heart and work with uh, Mountain Movers and work with, uh, work with uh, True North. And it's just good to see uh, the body of Christ at work together. And so, again, I want to say thank you. And, and, and Sally, thank you for coming and supporting. And she said, we're just going to sit here on the front row and we're going to pray for you because she's heard me preach and she knows I need all the help I can get. Hello? 
And, uh, and so if you don't like what you're hearing today, come back next week. Pastor Mark will be preaching next week. Hallelujah. So if you've got your Bibles and want to turn there, uh, I want to draw your attention to a scripture in the Old Testament found out of 2 Kings chapter 13. We're going to read two verses. And uh, can I say this is one of the, one of the strangest portions uh, of, of, of scripture. In fact, I've never heard anybody preach on the scripture that I'm going to, that I'm going to share with you today. But second Kings chapter 13, uh, I've heard people reference it. I've heard people use it as examples and illustrate, but I've never heard anybody really preach on this particular portion of scripture. Now it's about a guy by the name of Elisha. Somebody say Elisha. Elisha. Come on, talk to me this morning. Somebody say Elisha. I expect everybody to talk to me. All my friends talk to me. If you don't talk to me, either number one, you're asleep, or number two, you're mad. Right? And so, so everybody say Elisha. How many of you remember who Elisha was? Right? Elisha was the, was the protege of a guy by, by the name of Elijah. Now, Elijah was one of the greatest, greatest prophets in the Old Testament. He's the guy they called fire down from heaven, right? And so, and so he, he uh, poured into this young man, Elisha, for about 20 years. And, uh, and the portion of scripture we're going to look at today, Elisha, the younger one, now is the old man. And he's been serving Israel for about 50 years, according to what the scholars have to say. And so he's about 80 years old. He's been serving Israel for 50 years. He had served Elijah for probably 20 years. And so now he's old and he's, he's about ready to die. And in fact, he has died. He's died and they buried him in a tomb. Now, we don't know if the tomb was left, left open. Uh, it's kind of an interesting, because, because graves in those days, obviously, they're not like graves in our day. It's not where they took him to a place and they buried him and they covered him. Um, in those days, graves were like Jesus in a cave. And so I don't know if the cave was opened. I don't know what exactly took place. But uh, we read in 2 Kings chapter 13. If you're there, say, I'm there. there. You ready? Say, let's go. The Bible says, then Elisha died and was buried. And a group of Moabite raiders, another verse says marauders, another one says bandit gangs, another one, uh, which I think is the NLT, says thugs. Some say thugs. So, so a group of thugs. How many of you know what a thug is? Okay. I didn't know if you had thugs in Alaska or not. We got them, we got them down south. I didn't know if they, if they made their way up here. And so uh, a group of bandit thugs used to invade the land each spring. And one when some Israelites were burying a man. So we see these people are on their way to a funeral. They spied a band of these raiders, of these thugs. And so they hastily threw the corpse into the tomb of Elisha and fled. They ran away. But as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man revived and jumped to his feet. I want to speak to you this morning upon the subject, don't take your gift to the grave. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't take your gift to the grave. Come on, say it like you mean it. Turn to your other neighbor, the one you didn't choose, and tell him, don't take your gift to the grave. Don't take your gift to the grave. Father, we thank you for your word. We just pray today that you would bless this time we have together. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to the word of God we pray today. And everybody said amen Amen. and amen. It was this month, 
61 years ago in a place called Dallas, Texas. There was a young family living in Dallas. The father was a police officer. In fact, he had uh, done a little bit of investigation uh, at a later time. He would, he would be one of the investigators of the John Fitzgerald Kennedy murder. And so he was on the police force there in Dallas. His wife worked as well, and uh, she worked in a, in a cleaning service. And so one day, she was getting ready for work. Her young three-year-old son was playing in the living room. Her, her, her mother was there to watch the children while she went to work. The younger boy, which was just a couple of months old, was in his crib in the extra bedroom where the boys stayed together. And so she went into the extra bedroom, and as she did, she took her uniform out of the closet. She liked to keep her uniform in the closet. She liked to wrap it in plastic so it would not get soiled and it wouldn't get wrinkled. And so she took it out of the closet. She laid it on the bed. She took the plastic off, and she took the plastic, and she draped it over the crib. And she got dressed for work, she, she tiptoed out of the room, she closed the door ever so gently, and she went and kissed her mama on the cheek and said, Mama, I'll be back uh, in, about, uh, in about five or six hours, I just have a part-time part uh, uh, day today, and, uh, and so, so, so watch, watch the boys, and, and thank you so much, kissed the little guy, walked out the door. Grandma sat there and she, she, was, she was busy knitting or doing whatever it was that she did. And, and uh, about, about 20 minutes after mama had walked out the door, the little guy came up and, 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 and poked grandma and shook grandma. And, 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 and he said, in, as, as little children do, uh, really, really not, she couldn't, couldn't really understand what he was trying to say. But he, but he, but he shook her and said, 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 said baby blue. And she thought, baby blue, what are you talking about? Go play, go play. And so, so, so he went away and he went back into the bedroom and, and came back out a few minutes later and he again touched grandma and said, grandma, grandma, baby blue. She thought, what are you talking about, baby blue? So she got up, walked into the bedroom, and as she walked into the bedroom, to her horror, the baby was blue. The baby had awakened as mama had left the room and as the baby awakened he began to do what babies do he was reaching around he was he, he was he, he was he was thrashing a little bit and and he must have grabbed the plastic that had been draped over the crib and as he grabbed the plastic he wrapped himself up in the plastic and when grandma came in he was wrapped in the plastic and he had suffocated and the baby was blue. Grandma saw what had happened, came and unwrapped the baby, took her up in her arm, took him up in her arms, and he she began to pray. She was Holy Ghost filled grandma. How many of you understand it's good to have a Holy Ghost filled grandma in a situation like that? And she began to pray in the spirit. She began to, to, to reach out to God. And as she did, she went to the phone. She dialed 911, told them about, about the situation, and said she would meet them out by the street. 
She took the baby in her arms, led the little one out to the street, and here she was on the street, lifting her voice before God, not ashamed, didn't care who heard, because she needed to get a hold of God. She was a woman of faith, hallelujah. And so she was praying, God, Jesus, Jesus, touch my baby, touch my baby, Lord. Jesus, don't let my baby die. And the, and, and the neighbors saw what was going on. And this, is, this, this was back in the day when you knew your neighbors. Hello? And, uh, and so everybody, everybody knew one another. And so the neighbors began to come out. People began to come from across the street and, uh, and, and, and saw what was going on. And here was this grandma. And five minutes went by, 10 minutes went by. People started praying with her. She continued to lift up her voice. And uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes went by. And after 20 minutes, they heard the sirens. They looked down the street. They saw the fire truck pull onto the street. It wasn't an ambulance. It was a fire truck. Pulled onto the street. Came and, and, and rested in front of them. Firemen jumped out, took the baby out of her hands, took the baby, put him on the fire truck, and they were searching for signs of life. And there was no heartbeat. The child wasn't breathing, hadn't been breathing for Lord knows how long. Felt for a pulse. There was no pulse. And in the midst of all of that, this grandmother in her desperation to get a hold of God and to believe God for a miracle dropped to her knees in front of her neighbors, in front of the firemen. She dropped to her knees and she lifted her voice and she said, God, God, you need to hear me. God, you need to hear me and you need to breathe life into that child. God, send resurrection power. No sooner had she said that and one of the firemen reached down one last time to, to check that pulse and he looked at his friend in utter amazement and he said, I think we have a pulse. They shut the doors, they went to the hospital, and it wasn't but a few weeks later that that family was on the front page of the Dallas Star, and it said, miracle happens. This baby's been raised from the dead. And I had a chance this past January to stand with that baby, who is now about six foot four. His name is Keith Kraft. He's about 240 pounds of rip snorting muscle, and he pastors a church in Dallas, Texas, one of the great churches in that city. Why? Because our God is a God of power. Our God still answers prayer. No matter what the devil does, our God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Come on. Can I get an amen in this house? I said God is still on the throne. You see, this morning as we look into the scripture, these men have, are carrying their friend to a funeral. They've written his obituary. They've written out his eulogy. They've planned the funeral service. I'm sure somebody said, you sing a song, you share a memory, I will read the eulogy and we'll bury him and we'll go home. But what they thought they were going to, a funeral service, God had another plan and he was planning a resurrection service, hallelujah. Listen, I'm here to tell you, some of you have come into this place and the devil's trying to write your funeral service. 
He's trying to plan your obituary. He's trying to write out your eulogy. He's planning your funeral service, and yet God is coming today, and, 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 and the devil may say your, your marriage is over and done. You might as well forget about it. He, he has tried to suffocate your relationship. He has tried to suffocate your faith, and, and, and you feel the life of God, God ebbing out of you, but I'm here to say, you come into this place, and maybe there's some people saying you're going to have a funeral. God said, no, you're going to have a resurrection. Your dreams are going to be resurrected. Your life is going to be imparted and resurrected today. God is going to give you hope for your future because our God is still the God of resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, man. Hey, this is enough to make a Baptist shout. Come on, you Pentecostals. Woo! Somebody say amen. God's still on the throne. <laughs> now, now, this morning, there are three things that I see in the scripture. And listen, I got about 14 minutes to give you an hour and a half worth of stuff. And so this morning, there are three things I want to point out real quick. Number one, the man of God may die, but the God of the man is still alive. Come on, somebody. I said the man of God may die, but the God of the man is still alive. See, the man of God was dead. And the man of God, he had experienced death. There was a time in which his mentor, the mighty man, Elijah, had gone to heaven. And Elijah had discouraged him. Elijah said, Elijah said, I want you to stay here. I'm going to go to a place. I'm going to go to a place uh, called Bethel. You stay here. And God had revealed to Elisha, the young man, that he was about to take his mentor home. And he knew that if he was going to get from his mentor what he needed to get, he had to hang out and hang on and pursue and dog him. Something inside of him said, I can't let him go. i got to pursue the anointing within him because God has more for me. Oh, listen to me. Some of you, God has more for you. And you need to press in for the more that God has for you. It may not come with you just standing around and twiddling your thumbs. Some of you, you got to go after God. You need to pursue God. You need to run hard after the Lord. You need to fight for your marriage. You need to fight for your vision. You need to fight for the promise that God has given you. And so he, he says, I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to dog you. I'm not going to let you out of my sight. They get to this place called Bethel. And he says, stay here. God's calling me to Jericho. <laughs> he said, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm coming. I'm going to follow you. You're not going to get rid of me. You're not going to shake me. And so he follows him to Jericho. You know the story. He goes to Jordan. He says, you're not going to let. Finally, he says, what do you want? Someone said, what do you want? Come on, turn to your neighbor, tell him, what do you want? See, if you continue to do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always had. And the reason you don't have more is because you don't want more. Because if you really wanted more, you'd start doing something that you're not doing right now. Love the way you're shouting. Come on, somebody. I said, I, I, I said if you continue to do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always had. 
Church, listen to me. We've got to be willing to do something we've never done in order to get something we've never had. And I don't know about you. I'm tired of what we have. We need to get a little bit more from God. I don't know. I'm not satisfied with what I have. I want more. You want more? Come on. Somebody say, I want more. I want more. And he was, he was dogging him, man. He was chasing him. He wasn't going to let Finally, he said, what do you want? And he said, I want twice what you got. Mm. I want twice what you got. He said, boy, you're asking a hard thing. Not because it was hard for God to give it to him, but he was asking a hard thing because he didn't know what it took for the man to get what he got. You weren't sitting there under the juniper tree with me. You weren't there when the darkness came in, when demons surrounded me. You weren't there when, when, when fear gripped my soul. And it caused me to be suicidal. And I said, God, just take me home. You weren't there. You don't understand the kind of price you've got to pay to get what I, well, what I have, son. Go home. He said, I'm not going. He said, okay, then if you see me when I go, you can have twice what I have. You know the story. I, I, I don't have time to, to expound, but, uh, but, 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 but the, 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 the chariot of fire came, split them in two. He watched the man of God ascend, and he said, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof, and the mantle fell, and he grabbed the mantle, and he hit the Jordan, and he said, now where is the God of Elijah? And the waters parted, and the power of God fell upon the man, and he got what he wanted to get. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm here to say God's a prayer answering God. The man of God left, but the God of the man was still there. Some of you, the man of God has left. Some of you have lost some things. You lost a mama who prayed for you. You lost a daddy who prayed for you. You lost a mentor. You lost somebody that you looked up to. Others, you've lost other things. You've lost your dreams. You've lost, you've lost your vision. You lost your marriage. You lost, you lost a business. You lost your finance. There are all kinds of things that we lose. But no matter what you've lost, God is still here. And the God that gave it to you in the first place can give it to you again. Come on. So number one, God, the the man of God may die. Moses may be dead. Joshua, but the God of Moses is still alive. Number one. Number two, God is a faithful God. God's not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? And will he not do it? Has he not spoken? And will he not make it good? Our pastor said earlier, he said, it's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. I mean, if you understand, it's, it's because of God's mercies that America's even here. Mm-hmm. It's of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And then he says, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Oh, come on, somebody. I sound better than I thought I sounded. I need to... 
See, God's a faithful God. And the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God and the earth showeth forth his handiwork. Do you know that, that, that creation reflects who he is? It reflects his character. That's why the sun never refuses to shine. Right? Sun's always shining. Right? Sun never stops shining. I mean, we may not see it, but it's always shining. When God set the sun in place, he said, sun, shine. What did the sun do? Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what the sun did. And that's what the, I mean, first day. God, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Second day, third day. One year. Two years. Ten years. A century. A millennia, day after day, month after month, year after year, moment after moment, yes. the sun never stops shining. Because, because, son, I want you to reflect who I am. I never stop. I'm faithful. And you need to be faithful. Right. And so you stand. And so he did. He stood at attention. Well, if the sun's always shining, then why is it dark like half the day in Alaska. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Let me show you why. What's your name? Levi. Levi? That's a great name. Come on up here, man. Hallelujah. Everybody say, 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 say hi, Levi. Hi. Amen, amen. Levi, be my son. <laughs> He's a good son. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, keep, keep, keep being my son. Keep being, now, 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 here's the thing. Uh, astronomers tell us that the sun, it, it, it doesn't just stand still, right? But it moves in its orbit. <laughs> this is not about you, son. <laughs> and so just, just, <laughs> and, and so, and so, and, and so he's, he's being, and so what happens is, is, is we, we revolve around the sun, yes. right? Right, the, the, the earth revolves around the sun. Keep shining, man, keep shining. Yeah, and, 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 but, but we don't revolve around the sun like this. We revolve around the sun like this, right? Come on, Pastor Mark, come and take my place right now. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna stop right there, otherwise I'm gonna fall down. And so, and so, and so we are on our own axis, right? And we are turning as we are revolving around the sun. And so sometimes it gets dark. You know why it gets dark? It gets dark because we turn away from the sun. That's called nighttime. But if we'll continue to turn, then it becomes daytime. Hallelujah. Ooh, you are so good. Yeah. See, and, and some of you, you're saying, God, where are you? God, my life is in darkness. God, it seems like you have walked out on me. And the reason that you feel like God's walked out on you, it's not that he walked out on you, but we've turned our back on him. 
We've, tur- we- we've turned our back on the prayer closet. We've turned our back in times like that. Sometimes we turn our back on the word of God and we're not reading like we used to read. We're not praying. We're not going to church like we're not getting fellowship like we used to. And some of you are in a darkness right now. Because you've turned away from God. And if you today would just continue to turn and look and understand that our God is still a faith. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. Lo, he's with me always, even until the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. I may have turned away from him, but he has never turned away from me. He's a faithful God. Give Levi a hand. He's he's a good son. Hallelujah. Amen. So, so, listen, I got three minutes to give you my last point, and here it is. The things we learn in this scripture, when the devil's trying to bury you, is that things may die, but God's still alive. God's a faithful God. How do you know God's a, Because God said, the man of God said, I want twice as much. Elisha performed 16 miracles. There are 48 miracles recorded in the Bible between these two men. Elijah performed 16. In order to have twice as much anointing, he would have to perform 32 miracles. But when he died, he had only performed 31. But as he lay in his grave, the man man was thrown into the tomb. And when his body hit the bones of Elisha, he came alive. And God said, son, you may have died thinking that I didn't give you what you asked for. And you may not have seen it in this life. But I told you I would give you twice as much. And so I'm going to prove to you, even though you're dead and will not see it, that I'm the God who's the faithful God. And I will do what I said I will do. And he performed that that, that, that 30-second miracle. Listen, what? What are you saying? I'm saying if God's told you something, he's going to do it. Hallelujah. You might not live to see it, but he's still, hey, if God said he's going to save that boy, he's going to save that boy. If God said he's going to heal that marriage, he's going to heal that marriage. If God said he's going to do it, he's going to do it, whether or not you're around to see it. Good preaching, preacher. Preach on. Thank you. I think I will. Number one. The man of God may die, but the God of the man is still alive. Number two, God's a faithful God. Number three, why was there power in the man's bones? That's the question. See, there's, there, there are seeds of greatness within every human being. There are things God has placed in you that you need to, you need to distribute to the world. There are songs, there are visions, there are books, there are films, there are seeds of greatness, there are gifts that are within within every one of us. And yet some of us, like Elijah, Elisha, some of us, we take our gifts to the grave. 
Can I tell you that the richest place in the world, it's not the oil fields of Saudi Arabia. It's not the diamond mines of South Africa. It's the cemetery. Because there are books that should have been written, songs that should have been recorded, plays that should have been scripted, businesses that should have been created. And there are people that took their dreams to the grave and their gifts to the grave. And, and they were the people who said, one of these days, one of these days, I'm going I'm to do what God has, has gifted me to do. And they, like Elijah, take their dream to the grave, take their power to the grave. Yes. Yes. Listen, if there's anything I've decided, I want to die empty. I want to die old, but I don't want to just die old. There are some people that are just satisfied with dying old. Jesus, just let me die old. But they, they die old and they die full. Listen, sir, there's wisdom that God's given you that this generation needs. Mama, there's love that God's placed in your heart that the young people need to feel. It may not be some great, grandiose gift. It may just be a word of encouragement because you have an encouraging spirit. But what I've determined is when this old guy dies, I'm not just going to die old. I want to die empty. And I don't want to take any of my vision. I don't want to take any dreams. I don't want to take, I don't want to take any sermon to the grave, Mark. When I die and I, and I walk through the gates of that graveyard and the graveyard is, 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 is looking and saying, oh, what kind of gifts am I going to get today? I, wanna, I want the grave to look at me and go, ah, oh, man, here's, an, here's a empty Indian. I want to disappoint the graveyard when I die. And my encouragement to you, don't die old. Or don't just die old, but die empty. Amen. Church, die empty. Hallelujah. Stand with me. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.